black women. I just wanna let y'all know, y'all fine as hell with your chocolate ass. I mean, hey, I'm just saying, fine. What's up with it? My name is Megan Jeanette, but you can call me Meg. And it's your boy Greg. What's happening? I can kill a cactus. She not lying. Uh, <laughs> and I allow the Houston Texans to determine my mood for the next six months. And so far, I've been depressed. And welcome back to Get It Together. What's happening? <laughs> if this is your very first time joining us, welcome. We're the show that explores what it means to grow and work together in your relationships, finances, faith, and fun. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, hello. What's happening? How are you feeling today? I'm tired. I just got work. <laughs> I just came straight You're not from work. People, but you look tired. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't care. But I he's a tired. trooper. He's here with us. Yeah, I'm about to fall asleep on y'all. So today is a very, very special day. Yes, it is. We have an amazing guest. So I have known her for maybe about like a little close to 28, 29 years. Mm, yeah. It's a long time. It is. It's like prison years. I know. <laughs> it's a very long relationship. You've yes. known her for maybe going on five, five six, six years. years. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, for me, like, I'm honestly, at first, I didn't like this girl. Um, maybe for like 16 out of those 29 years. And uh, I think as time went on and you grow mature, you just start mm. to... I guess get to know a person. I guess. Um, I get better, they get better, and uh, through the fussing and the fighting, a little bit of bullying that was there, we became friends. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I mean, we were cool because of the common interest of us both not liking you, so. Oh, that's yeah. Better. That's really awesome. Because <laughs> we definitely talked about you behind your back and in front of you. Wow. Well, <laughs> without further ado, I want to introduce you, IFBB Pro, Santana Francisco, my hey. sister. How you guys doing? <laughs> my name is Santana Francisco. As you know, as she's introduced, and I am Megan's sister, and Greg is my brother in love. Yes. So uh, I am excited to be here today with you guys and to talk about my journey and you know we're just gonna have a good little candid conversation absolutely yes so Santana has had an amazing journey throughout life and really it's kind of it's been very inspiring to me being a little sister to see somebody that you love go through so go through hard times in times that probably looking back on it probably felt like you weren't able to you weren't going to get past it yes but to be at where she's at now is truly amazing and we just want to take you guys on that journey because yes. i think it's really it's really helpful to see someone who has probably gone through everything yes. and to come out on the other side yes. and getting everything in life together to become successful and so that's kind of like what we're here to do Hey, uh, red pill alert for all my red pill men out there. There's two strong black women about to have a strong conversation. So I'm just letting you guys know you might want to get away from this, you know, you know, conspiracy. <laughs> yes. So Santana, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of like where, where you really like started in your college journey and what okay. led you up to, you know, where you are now. Okay. So, um, I uh, went to Langston University on an academic, a academic scholarship and a basketball scholarship back in 2010. 
Um, so like I was pretty much getting paid to go to school. So I was like living the life at that time. Um, so yeah. I went to Langston. I was scared. Didn't really know much. Um, this Langston is an HBCU, so you know, you we growing up in the colony. Yeah. You know, it was a predominantly white area. So you know, now I'm going around all the black people that I'd never really been around mm -hmm. before. So it was just it was a culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> it was a culture shock. Same. Um, so going to college, you know, I, that's when I really, I can honestly say I found myself, but mm -hmm. I also found a group of friends that, you know, I love to this day, but I had to navigate. Dude, up. I can't, we gotta do this. Yeah. I'm about to do it again. Yeah. Uh, is that. Hey, I get it yeah. together, crew. Oh, no, gosh, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah I know. Good. I was like, we couldn't go through the, no, okay, the so sister, sister world. <laughs> Yeah, hey, it's, hey that's that's it's what you fine. do. We just get some lipstick off the teeth, y'all know. It's All right, yeah, we had to get lipstick off the okay, teeth. Okay, so. there we go. Okay, now we're good. <laughs> yeah, okay, straight. <laughs> Beautiful. But okay, back to what I was doing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was playing basketball, and um, eventually I got to a crossroads where I had to choose. I became a Delta while I was at school. Did a lot of things, and um, long story short, you know, um, I was out there and I got to partying. And, you know, I realized yeah. that, you know, I was very smart and I got to partying and drinking and I'll be honest, smoking all of it. And, you know, I was smart with it, too. So, you know, I was drinking and partying. I was the type where I could drink and smoke the night before and then go take a test and make an egg. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. That, yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, the <laughs> being the little sister, somebody who, like, never really had to study for anything, was pretty hard, which is why I became, I think, an overachiever because I it's because I don't have I never have had that. I can never just not really be as extremely focused and not study and then just go and ace a test because I don't I don't guess well. So well, but I always envied you because of your study habits. Like, you know, you're very <laughs> on it. Like Megan is the point, oh, we're gonna study today and we're gonna study for eight hours today. And she's gonna do that eight hours and she's not gonna like fret, nothing's gonna stop her. Whereas me, I'm like well, shoot, I got about 30 minutes before this test. Let's go look through this book real quick. <laughs> As I sit here with both of them. And, but, you know, um, with that being said, you know, that came back to haunt and bite me in the end when I got to nursing school and you really have to study. Yeah. You have to be able to apply what you're reading. You're not just memorizing. And that's where that came in to where I was going to say, like, you know, one year after that party and drinking, smoking, doing all that stuff, thinking that's going to translate to nursing school and be successful. Oh, no, it was not. Mm -hmm. I had to sit out a, a year of nursing school. I got put out of nursing school, uh, academic probation, because all of that caught up with me. Yeah. So um, that kind of led into, you know, me going, um, I had to, like, you know, sit out of nursing school. I had to change my major to health administration at that time, and that was very traumatic. Yeah, I was going to say, so... I remember that time whenever you had to sit out of uh, nursing school. What did you, what do you feel like you were feeling as far as mentally at that point in time? Mentally, I mean, I, thinking about like family, because yes. I mean, we come from two like very yes. strong, high achieving. Yes. Like, so like, you know, I'm the oldest. So I feel like a failure. Megan and I were at school at the same time. Um, so, you know, when I was already, I was going to be, I was going to be a fifth year senior already. Yeah. So once I did that, that made me a sixth year senior. Yes. That is not, a, <laughs> that wasn't cute. So <laughs> mentally, like, you know, I felt depressed. I isolated that whole, pretty much that whole semester kind of in my room because I didn't know what I was going to do. And, um, at that time, you know, that's why I say God orders your steps because at that time I was working with the Dean of Nursing to build my thesis because we had to do it, right? A thesis to graduate. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the day that I had to sit out of nursing school and tell her, like, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to continue because of this, she was disappointed. But, you know, she continued to work with me with my thesis. And that's how she got to know me. And then one day I go in her office and she's like, hey, you want to you wanna try nursing school again? And I was like, you going to let me? <laughs> so, so I said, yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. So from then on, like, God worked his magic and I was able to get back in school. And I know you remember that. So it was a blessing. So that was a pick me up. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. then fast forward to the next year, three days before graduation, I had a final exam and I failed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's when all our family was supposed to be coming to see us. Yeah. So because, I mean, we were supposed to. I don't think you even know this. Like, uh, I, I think you told me. Okay. But I can't, you probably told me and I probably forgot. Oh, yeah. Well, so we were supposed to graduate together. Oh, I mean, yeah, you told me that, yes. Okay. I know that part. And then, I mean, kind of in a way, nobody really knew that you didn't graduate. Nobody knew. Everyone still thought that we graduated together. And two, it was kind of like crazy because, you know, you and our names were all over that program. Like, it was kind of, for me, that's why it was very embarrassing, like, I can. I chose to continue to walk because I wanted to save face for my family, mm-hmm. for yeah. nursing. Because like I was the president of the school of nursing association. Yeah. I was a student nurse association president. I was You're running stuff in Delta. I was running stuff in Delta. I had multiple positions on campus at that time. Like I was. I'm not trying to say nothing, but baby, I was a big deal. Yeah. And to say that a big deal, and I didn't fail my final exam. Yeah. Three days before, and my my dean, she was not messing with me because she just let me come back. So she was like, no, you're not going to be able to come back. You're not graduating. You're not going to be able to come back and retake the test. Yeah. And my whole heart dropped. You remember I came to the I remember you were, told you. Yeah. I broke down and cried on the steps crying. together. Yeah. And Man, that was a hard time. Even just for me to just, you know, see the person that you love going through. So, I mean, I go through this with you now. It's like yeah, no, no, she don't. Uh, yes, I do. it's nothing but uh, no. strong manly feelings over here. I don't know what she's talking about. Just like, <laughs> we tell them our business. Again. <laughs> it's just no, I feel that. Yeah, because I mean, just like seeing the person that you love, like this is my sister. I've seen like how hard that you've worked and gotten over hurdles. So the first mm-hmm. hurdle of getting kicked out, then getting back in and being successful and then me at this point in time like you helped me cross into delta land and so that was like a beautiful moment for us and so it was really at the point that our parents i feel like our parents were just like so proud of what we were doing and progressing in life and that's kind of like what always um our dad would just say you know as long as you're progressing uh, i'm always they're always going to be there for us Mm -hmm. but like just continue progressing doing the right thing and for it to have come down to an exam being the reason why you didn't walk but and it's kind of looking at that it's like okay that seems like it's not fair but i mean like in reality it's fair because you were already like had another chance yeah, to get in there yeah. so it's kind of like a, how you say like god gives you chances and stuff at the mm-hmm. one after the other but you know if you're not capitalizing mm-hmm. on them that, I feel like who you. do you blame at that point yeah in time? you couldn't and i couldn't blame anyone but myself at that time mm-hmm. because honestly like i did not study like i needed to for that exam mm-hmm. i did not and, you know, I thought it was going to come easy. I thought, you know, hey, we're at the finish line. Let me just go ahead and take this. I'll be all right. All I need to do is get a 70. Yeah. Didn't get the 70. 70. So, you know, it's just um, yeah. it's just life experiences. And then, you know, I had to make that decision. I had to call mom and dad and tell them, like, I Ooh, failed. I was bad. 
Ooh, oh my god it was like i can't even really i like blacked out that day it's just crazy because i i remember calling mom and hearing mom's voice on the phone and she just sounded like she's about to cry like i know i was like she probably cried break down and cry like it i just can't even i just feel like you know that whole time like my heart like it just dropped i felt like i was nauseous like i wanted to throw up that whole time and i still made that decision to walk that day and that's the day you won President's Cup, and I'm sitting up there crying. People highest award, think, highest award at the university. <laughs> yes, highest award at the university. Highest yes. achievement world. It's the whole university. She can't yes. let her compliments ride. Like all the schools. She just always got so, it. So, so yeah, so <laughs> my sister, and this, and that's what's crazy too. Like you're on this high moment, and I'm on this real low moment. Yeah. And it's just like you know, I'm supposed to be a role model for you. And I was not at that time being a role model for anyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was just, it was really heartbreaking. And that's when I started, and I've had little bouts with suicidal thoughts and stuff before when I was younger. But then when this happened- I didn't know that. No, yes, yes. When I was younger, I used to write notes to mom about wanting to hurt myself on the bus. Aww. And because kids used to pick on me in middle school and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like I was a real loner. And that's why I said when I went to college, that's when I finally had friends. Because in high, in middle school, elementary school, I didn't really have no friends. I was a loner. You know that. You used to always make fun of me about having no friends. I so, did. <laughs> who was the bully in this that, relationship? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. She was the bully at she, first, okay? She, you are a mental but, bully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you, you don't beat have her. any friends. I'm glad she you was beat good her up for that. She was bullying me at home. <laughs> I had to bully her in the streets. <laughs> but but um, so that's when, like, you know, it came back forward to, like, what's the point of living? I didn't let everybody down. I'm not a good role model for my brother or sister. My family's here cheering me on. That day when I got off, I walked, still walked, and I got off that stage and I saw mom and we just embraced. And we, we were both crying. People probably thinking they're crying because it's a happy moment. I know. Crying because I didn't fail again. I got to do something better with this lipstick. It's driving yeah. me crazy. <laughs> just, you know, every two sentences just licking All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. <laughs> I want my lips to be so juicy for y'all. And it's just. <laughs> she said, I'm coming in with the I'm red. I'm coming in. They're going to see know, these uh, lips. messing up. But OK. But, but yeah. Uh, but I yeah. mean, so with having the moments of, you know, like feeling that you didn't want to be here anymore. Um, was there, do you feel like it was just thoughts or were you really at the point that you think that you need to like go and like- I was really at the point. you didn't tell me like any no, of this at this point I did not, I didn't. I don't even I, have to share this with anybody. I didn't tell anybody. I was even in a relationship at that time. I didn't tell that person. And, um, you know, it wasn't until y'all left, the mom and dad left. And I went back, I was driving home and I said, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm over this. And I'm just a disappointment to everybody in my life, my family, everyone. So I had made the decision when once mom and dad left and y'all left, I said, tonight I'm probably gonna go to that lake and getting I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm probably gonna go to that lake and just I don't know. I don't wanna be did here. Did you go no to the more. lake? I did. So oh. um like when mom and dad left about two in the morning, I had got real drunk. I remember getting a bottle of tequila and I drove to Langston Lake. Um, I remember it being a full moon. I had this little part where I always used to park my car um, right there, like where the little dead end thing is at. And I would sit on, always sit on the back of my car and just drink and smoke or whatever at that time. And uh, something just came over. I was like, man, it's just no point. Like all I've ever done is just 
just her mom and dad. Like, and you know, at that time, you know, it was a series of events. Like that was just the, the that was like the climax of everything. Cause like before then, you know, I had wrecked your car right before school. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was my fault. I ran a red light and thought yeah. I didn't, I didn't even see the light. Um, I had, you know, uh, got kicked out of school before and, you know, and I wasn't really a good person at that time either. Like yeah. I had a lot of toxic behaviors. I was emotional. I would just do things off of emotion and then figure out like, well, I don't know how this happened. Well, <laughs> well cause you didn't, you weren't being logical, Santana. Yeah. So I, all that came to my thought that night and I walked into that water and it was really cold that night. And I remember just walking and I had just kept walking. I was just staring at the moon that night. And I just kept walking a little bit further and then it got kind of like up to my like hips. And then I took another step and then that's when I like, it kind of went under a little bit. And it kind of shocked me like, oh, what are you doing? And I remember coming back up and looking up at the moon. And I thought about how that would hurt mom. Yeah. And I thought about like how my mama, that would really hurt my mama for me to be gone over this. Yes. And I swam back to shore and uh, got in the car and just started crying. And just mm -hmm. like, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, you know, and yeah. I don't know. Like, I was just so numb at that time. And I remember driving mm -hmm. home and just crying the whole time. And I cried myself to sleep and I woke up and mom had called me real early that morning. And I don't know if God told her, but she had said, you need to come home. And that's when I was like, maybe that's God saying something. And that's when I, I, I got in the car, I just threw everything. Like, you know, I still had that lease on that apartment and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just got in the car and I drove home. Yeah. And that was that once I came home and that's when I saw y'all. And Yeah. Well, man, I mean, honestly, I, I, I felt that because it's like at a moment, God will put like that image of somebody you'll hurt by hurting <laughs> yourself. Like, when I was going through my things and I was going through the whole point of like being in a relationship and the girl didn't want to be with me. And I was like, what's to live for? I mean, this is my first love. And I don't know if y'all ever watched Sons of Anarchy, the last mm -hmm. episode when he like literally drove himself into the 18 wheeler and that's how he died. I was really on the freeway and I was like, this is how it's going to happen. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gone. But that moment, I swear to you, my nephew Dalen called me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was in tears at that moment. He called me and he was just like, oh, I just want to see what you were doing. And I was like, yo, that's why he's like my best friend. That's why I, we, no matter how mad me and you may be at him, I'm like, no, that's still my dog. Man. I, don't yeah. know, I don't know what it is, still my dog. Yeah. Was like when he called me, I was just like, yo, I can't leave him. Yeah. Then, then he could be like, my, 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 my uncle killed himself over a woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I, so when you said that it was like, what would my mom feel? Yeah. And I, that, that truly is like, that's God literally saying like, hold on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got more. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. That's all. Literally. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, thank, thank both of you guys for you know being here today. Cause I'm, I just, it's just hard. Cause like you just think about, even just listening to all that and just how in that moment, and even just being so young at that age, like you feel like that that incident that happened was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like it was such a big deal in that moment. I think that's where a lot of us fall short when realizing the small things that are happening in our life is really what's allowing us to create the story of like where we're going to be, like where God wants us to be and what truly mm -hmm. matters. And if you focus on just the small failures that you have, like, yeah, I felt like it was big at that point in time that there was no way coming back. But looking back on it now, it's like, 
Who really cares? Yeah, who cares? It's like, and, and, and it would not, we would not be able to say that right now if you weren't to turn around in that lake. Yes, and that's what I always think about, like, your story would have ended. Yeah. Being, really ended with you being a failure. Yes. That's the last thing your parents would have remembered about you. Yeah. That you, you, you failed school, you wrecked your car, you, you really wasn't a good person at that time. Yeah. You really couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I knew everything. And you were just, what, 20... 22, 23? 23, 24, 23, 24 yes. around that time. Like, and I just felt like I was an absolute failure and there was no way that I could come back. And it wasn't until I went home and I don't know if you remember me being at home, but I was really weird when I came home still, like the mental health, I was really depressed. Like I would have these little bouts where I would just break down and cry out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I remember like the last one, um, I broke down and cried in front of dad. Mm -hmm. And I had like, we were just sitting in the living room and I think I just had like a flash of my life in front of them while we sitting there and I just, I don't know why I just like collapsed out the seat and just broke down and cried in the middle of the, the living room. And I was like, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I'm sorry, mom and dad, for everything I've done. I'm sorry. And my dad was just looking at me. He was just so scared. I remember dad looking like he was like scared. Like, do I need to go get you some help? Yeah. And that's when we went outside and talked. And, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. I'm still was a smart tail at that time. <laughs> Of course. Because dad was like, do I need to get you some help? And in the midst of my tears, I'm like, no, I already know what they're going to do. Because I, I was a nurse and I was in psych. <laughs> I don't need to get there like what they're doing I now. I already know what they're going to do. <laughs> oh but at that moment when I said that, it came to me like, you know what to do. You know how to fix yourself. Mm, so yes. What are you doing still sitting here crying, acting a fool? It's time to go to work. Yeah. It's time to fix yourself. Yes. And it's crazy how, like, as soon as I broke down and cried and told dad that the next morning, like, I woke up and I was scrolling in my phone trying to look like, okay, I guess I'm going to go back to nursing school again. Yeah. <laughs> and that was traumatic because I just did not think I was going to go through that crap again. Yeah. But I went through and I, all of a sudden I'm just scrolling on my phone and I'm looking at nursing programs and all of a sudden OU, LPN to BSN. In nine months, you can have your RN. In nine months? Which <laughs> <laughs> nine months? What? Like, what? And then, all, then to top it off, that's the only program they have in the whole U.S. that allow you to do that. Wow. In Oklahoma. Mm. And then I on top of it. that, Oklahoma is the only state that will allow you to uh, get an LPN degree after finishing a one year of RN school. Oh wow. So all of that put together, that's mm -hmm. when I was like, oh, God has a plan for you, girl. Yes. We're yeah. going to go to OULPN. I remember calling mama that morning like, oh, mama, I got a plan. <laughs> and mom was like, okay, well, you got to just do it. You know, we're just going to take our time and you're going to do it. And you got to pass these tests. And yes. that's when I made a plan like, hey, I got to start studying for my LPN. And Shoot, I, by October, I passed my test and I yeah. went back to Oklahoma. Yeah. And, and then, then it's time to get Santana's life back together. Yes. Dang. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> and it's just like that, that's just such a like beautiful thing because um, you just, even just like having that moment, that was your breakthrough moment that you had whenever mm -hmm. you really like sat down there and cried and realized, you know, in front of your parents that no matter what, like, they still love you. And yes. you're going to get through this. You have people that are supporting you. Mm -hmm. And people that are around you, they're going to be there no matter what. And mm -hmm. so I remember the day that you told me that you passed your LPN, that you were moving back. And, like, I was excited at that point in time. I was, because I was away in Galveston mm -hmm. um, going through my own things. And it was just, like, I think that 
whenever you had that opportunity to really go back to Oklahoma and just like really be by yourself mm -hmm. and get your life together and focus on your studies to even like graduating, like you became, you got your nursing degree, what year? Uh, 2020, last year, 2021. 2021. Cause yeah, it took me, uh, so you have to pass these hard tests at OU, like, oh my gosh, you're like, so it's like testing out of the classes. So like, it was like four tests. I had to take like each one of those twice. Oh yeah. Cause it was not a game and you have to pay. It took me about two years to pass those tests because it was hard. And in mm -hmm. the midst of that, I'm trying to work and stuff too. And also during that time, you know, like I'm just so, I guess I'm just an overachiever in my own life and I have my own goals. So once I had like not got that RN and I got an LPN, I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna let that stop the money flow. I need to be making the uh, salary that an RN makes, even though I'm an LPN. So I had worked two full-time jobs that first, the first two years out there. Yeah. So like I was working 16 hour days. The only time I, I never had a day off, I would consider a shift off a day off. So like if I had just one eight hour shift that day, oh, that's a great day. That's a, mm -hmm. That was a great day because mm -hmm. I wanted to get my Jeep and I wanted to, you know, feel like I was accomplishing something for myself. And yeah. then also like I did not call mom and dad and ask for any money. Like, I did kind of go into debt, which is kind of silly, mm -hmm. but I just wanted to prove to myself, like, I had to make this up for myself. Yeah. Like, because if mom and dad didn't put me in this situation, I put myself in this situation. So right. I had to learn how to be a grown woman. I had to grow up in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So I was going to ask, um, people always hear about the comeback story. They always hear about, like, oh, you've been through a tragedy and then you made it. Mm -hmm. But, and I, because me and you, like, I'm not gonna say our story is nowhere near similar, but mm -hmm. I, every key point they like the the feeling the suicidal thoughts at a young age, then an adult age, then failing, I felt all those things. But in the midst of like getting the big comeback and getting the W, what would you do to tell yourself in those moments, like when there's small things, like maybe a tire was flat or maybe mm -hmm. uh, something broke and you had to come out some extra money to do that? When those like bad things were happening in the midst of the comeback. What were you telling yourself in those times? Um, I guess I was telling myself it's gonna be okay, Santana. Like yeah. we just come in, we're gonna take it a day at a time, and you're gonna be okay. Because um, I will say I didn't. Um, but when I first moved back to Oklahoma, I have this big card, this big uh, poster board I made, mm -hmm. and I just listed everything that I wanted to accomplish in my life. Mm -hmm. um, accomplishing my life so uh that means like um i wrote down like you know i want to go places to visit uh what i like you know little goals like right. what my credit score was gonna be i had small goals to help me get to this big goal okay so you know like i was working on the small the little things to help me build up to the big thing so that's what really helped me grounded throughout all of that like even with the little things that the bad things that were going on mm -hmm. that's what helped to keep me grounded because i remember like hey at least you meet reaching, reaching these little goals in between times yes. so yeah. that's that that helped kept me going at that time okay yeah that's good and then like looking back on all that you've really been through um i guess what would you say what would you say to santana at age 23 whenever actually no let's dial it back so what would you what would you say to Santana at age twenty one being in college, doing all these things like feeling I mean kinda of sounds like being un invincible, like you like nothing. Exactly. Could touch, That's exactly what it was. I you. felt like I was invincible. Mm. Kind of like, you know, I don't even run it like parallel, but I'd be kinda of thinking like kinda of how maybe Shakari Richardson felt when she was oh, running and yeah. stuff. Like she probably felt like, ain't nobody gonna okay. do nothing to me. I can't get in no trouble. Yeah. And was still smoking and stuff and got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt in college. That was me. Shit. I thought I was invincible, nothing could happen. So I would tell younger me, 
relax. You are not invincible. <laughs> you ain't <laughs> top dog yet, big yeah, dog. Yeah, you are not. You and this, and this is just a small part of your life. This yeah. is not the big picture. Like, passing grades in school, getting straight A's has nothing to do with what the real world is going to slap you with. <laughs> you haven't experienced anything yet. Yeah. So just Gosh. relax. Don't worry about uh, break up with that boyfriend you're going to meet in college. Um, and <laughs> Say that. Um, and, uh, you know, just stay stay grounded of who you are, Santana. Don't lose sight of who you are. Because that's what happened to me. I lost sight of who I was and was trying to be somebody else. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got back to Oklahoma and was by myself that I got back to who I really was. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, you get around. Because I've been a loner my whole life, and I'm comfortable being alone. When I got to college, I was trying to be around people. And that's not who I was. And so I'm over here feeding off all these other people. So I would tell yeah, them me to just remember being grounded in who mm -hmm. you are and what, what you really come into accomplishing all that kind of stuff and leave all that other stuff alone. That's what I would tell younger me. Mm, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know. And then I, too, because I just remember in college, I feel like I was, like, trying to, like, save you, like, bring you back. Yes, <laughs> like, you let me were. bring her back to Jesus. <laughs> oh, you was one of those people? Let me bring her back. She was. That's was. Warriors for Christ right oh, there. Yes. <laughs> what was <laughs> Well, sis, First the Bible all, does heart say... To heart. heart to heart. Yeah, heart to heart. My bad. Oh my <laughs> I was like the woman's leader on campus. <laughs> and She's the woman's we were, leader. So that's why it's always so funny. We're like the total opposite. Yes, people actually ra were raised in the same yes, home. Yes, everyone on campus is like, you guys really have the same parents? Like, you know, we say yes. I don't know how she was raised. And I don't know where she, you know, whatever. I don't know where she grew up. But <laughs> we just, we're, we're really sisters. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, because we are like total opposites. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but no, I, it's, it's so it's just it was really like hard for me to just see you just doing whatever at that point in time. And, and it, <laughs> it was and it was crazy for me to be doing whatever. And I was like in the back of my head, I'm not being a good role model, but <laughs> she grown. She got to figure it out herself. <laughs> She got to do this on her own. like, I really was a role model. She was. You, you always have been that, though. Like, you've always been the big sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so whenever, too, see, earlier you were saying when you were younger, you know, like, you were the loner, and then, like, that's kind of how you feel comfortable being alone and stuff. I guess today, do you still feel like that, like, holds truth? Or, like, what What do you mean by that? Um, like, that's who I you still, are. I still believe that holds true. I still like to be by myself primarily. And when I say loner, I mean, yeah. like, not trying to be around a whole bunch of people. Like, you know, I don't really have a whole bunch of friends. I have, like, five people that I really consider friend. Mm -hmm. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, I will say, I think I saw a meme or something the other day. It's like, I am an introverted extrovert or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I love to be to myself, but, you know, if I get around people, oh, yeah, I could be the life of the party. Yeah. But I really prefer to be by myself. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. kind of, like, what I would say. Mm -hmm. So And that's why, like, you know, bodybuilding was yes. great for me because yes. it doesn't require other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so now you're a nurse, so you graduate your nursing degree, psych nurse over yep, here. psych nurse. And you started lifting weights. Mm -hmm. How did you get into bodybuilding? Okay, so um, it started like, you know, even though, you know, I moved back to Oklahoma, I was still kind of depressed because, like I said, I was still kind of by myself. And then I was getting into that whole, you know, when you get grown and you start going to work and you just go to work, you eat, you go to sleep, <laughs> you repeat. Yeah. You work. And I wasn't hanging out with anybody. I wasn't doing anything. And I felt like, and I was still like sad. 
I'm just sitting in the room binge watching TV shows and stuff. And that's when also that kind of ties into like the psych thing. So um, I ended up getting a job in psych. And I was like, there's still something wrong with me. And that's when like, you know, while my patients were going to group, I started going to group with them. So I would like sit outside the door and listen to the therapist and they're talking about like how you need to make a plan and how you need to be intentional about your life and you need to get rid of people who aren't speaking life into you and yep. you know you need to be physically active or whatever because that's going to help get those endorphins release those endorphins and help you to get up out the uh out that little that sad space yeah, that like you're in. Yeah, you feel. And yes, so um that's what happened. I, I listened to that and I'm like, okay, and I've always loved the gym. So um, I ended up getting with my homeboy. He was looking for like a uh, name Taylor. He was looking for a workout partner at that time. And then um, I started working out with him. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know, I started fall falling in love with these weights. But I was scared because, you know, they have that whole stigma about women being too buff and yeah. that's manly and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. talk about the weaklings. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just went under under hundred pounds. You just yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of like once I was going to those groups and hearing that, that's when I was like, okay, well, let me go to the gym at least. Let's let's at least throw a gym in the midst of the work sleep, sleep the little cycle thing. So yeah. that's what made me start going to the gym like really psych going to those groups and listening to that therapist those therapy mm -hmm. groups is really what helped me yes to uh try to fix myself even further yeah and that's so true just about them speaking to say to become physically active because i even know with myself just mentally that if i'm not consistently you know in the gym or working out like i start to feel sad like you start you start to feel that you start to feel as if you're not really going not going anywhere but as if you're not being as productive as you can be in life. Yeah. So kind of like time is just passing by. And then, you know, for us, like we were athletes our entire life. Yeah. So to be an athlete all that time and now you're an adult and it's over. Yeah. It's just like your body kind of like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's just like, I felt like a slouch at that time. Like, yeah. And then I still kind of had a little definition in my arms and stuff at that time, but I'm still like, I just, I don't know. I'm just walking around. I just felt useless. Mm -hmm. Like. I didn't have a purpose. Like, I didn't know, really know who I was still. Mm -hmm. So that's what really just made me go into the gym. I feel like the gym helped build my identity identity even more. I found myself in the gym. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. And so, um, did you have anything else? Sorry. No, no. no. Okay. I mean, I could just tell them about, the, I guess, the first first time I met Santana. What was it? So, oh. No, no, it was nothing bad. It was <laughs> the very first time I met her, I mean... She like pre-gamed me. She was just like saying, you know, my sister's coming in town. She's gonna be staying in my apartment this weekend. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I mean, we were like just starting date. Yeah. Well, I, no, it's, it was probably been like a probably like a year. So year I, had already met, I already met dad. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, big sister coming in. And the perception that she was like, she was saying that you have a strong presence. But in my mind, I was like, okay, she looked just a little more goofy than Megan. So in my mind, I was about to, I'm, I'm getting ready to meet big sis. I'm like, oh, I'll give a side hug. Oh, hey, sis, how's it going? It's nice to meet you. As soon as I got, I saw, what's good, man? What's good? What's up? What's up? I was just like, all right. So I cool. And then the, the crazy part was, as soon as I, I, talk, I saw her talking smack to Megan, I was like, oh, we're going to get along. <laughs> This is my dog now. <laughs> oh my God. We was just tag teaming the whole car ride. Yes. Because the very best memory I have was, Megan was like, I want to drive your car. 
Because you brought your Jeep down. Oh, She's yeah. Like, I'm driving. I don't care. I was just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the first. She was in the back, just talking smack behind her back. Like, I, I wish she'd turn around to say something, too. Turn around. She was just like, Oh, whatever. <laughs> but I will say, that's when I realized you might be the one, Greg, because I was like, you was talking trash back. You wasn't just taking it. And I was like, okay, he got some, he got some cojones or whatever. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you got to be able to, you can't just talk, man, she talked too much. I, too oh, much. my goodness. People be, people be looking at me like, yeah, that's a strong woman you got there. I'm like, I know. She know though. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> she, she mean. Know. Well, because people see me as like the quiet. Like they all yes. like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, when we go like to restaurants, what do you want to eat? I don't know, baby, anything you want. That's literally just my That's what I hate. Presence. It's, it's, it's just my presence. So then they, they don't know the fact that when we get, I'm like, hey. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and she just be like, all right. I know. <laughs> Whatever. It does. It's just, it's not my fault. You see, we were just two women that were raised in a household but, that we're taught we need to express mm -hmm. ourselves and have strong personalities yes. and be achievers. And so that's just. It's you know. like dad put in our mind, like, you know, no one's going to take care of you. Literally. You got to be able to take care of yourself. <laughs> and that's what he we were programmed us. that way. We that's what I said. And, now, and now we, and then we get with these men. I'm like deprogramming yeah, myself. Yeah, you got to try to deprogram. <laughs> then he's like, when you get a man, he's like, you don't have to be that way. I'm be like, hey, you you told me I got to be strong. I know. It's no. like, Megan, calm down. I'm like, what? Oh, I know who knows you that. You programmed me to take care of myself. I know who knows that very well, my dad. Remember? What? Remember, we were moving something, and we were moving something, oh. and, and Megan picked up, it was like a toad or something, Megan picked, my dad was like, oh no, sweetheart, you don't have to do it. She was like, I can pick this up, I can do it. And I looked at my dad, I was like, just, just let Ever her. Ever since that day, your dad's always just like, no, let her pick it up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my brother-in-law tried to like, get. he's like, oh, 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 little sis, let me get that. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let her get it. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> I was like, that's how we are. Hey, I love her. I don't know why. I just like it. I don't yes, know. It's weird. They really are. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so uh, to wrap things up, we want to hear about your um, journey to becoming a professional bodybuilder. So she will be joining us at our next episode, guys, where we'll talk about really what led her into being the strong, strong Flex woman inside and out. <laughs> <laughs> today and what helped her break through the barriers of yes. getting a getting over that ideal that I don't want to lift weights because I don't want my arms to be big that really like our world has today and so let us know where they can find you on Instagram um, TikTok all your all okay your so you can find me on Instagram at psychofit tan underscore Tana so psycho as in P-S-Y-C-H-O underscore Psycho fit. Oh, just kidding. Yes, yeah, psycho fit. <laughs> F I T underscore Tana T A N A. Yes. On Instagram and uh, do not have TikTok. Well, I have TikTok, but I'm barely on there. But hey, okay. uh, <laughs> I can't even think of the name right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly Instagram. And then uh, you can also add me on Snapchat too uh, at Tanaboo101 on Snapchat. And then I have a, a business Facebook, Santana Francisco, on my business. 
Insta my business Facebook. You can find that my page, just like my page. Awesome. She's one of those modest people. You can find her on Google as well. You can just Oh well yeah, you, you can find me Google. on Google, baby. And you, you literally Google. just going Santana Francisco plus FBB. You'll find all my pictures. I was about to say <laughs> Thank you, Hold Greg. All the medals all and everything. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll get into that at the next episode. But as always, you can find me on IG at Dr. Megan Harris. And you can find me on IG at Greg K. Harris Jr. And be sure you're following at Get Together on Instagram, Twitter. YouTube, Twitter. Oh, we don't want to that I, much. I, I keep the Twitter page alive. Okay. I just, stuff, I just be liking stuff, though. I don't be doing nothing. <laughs> but until next time, guys, be sure that you tune in and get it together. I was about to say, where to buy it? <laughs> I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> just messing up a lot today, isn't it?